Welcome to the Bifocal Podcast with John White and Jason Himmelstein, where we talk about business intelligence and the Microsoft stack with news, interviews, and expert opinions from around the space. This is episode 25, recorded on November 24th, 2017, Black Friday, or as we refer to it, Analytics Friday, where John and Jason talk about Power BI guest access using Azure B2B and some tips, tricks, and community shout-outs. Good afternoon, sir. Happy Black... No, we can't do the talking over each other thing. We have to figure out before we start this who's going to talk it's first. It's always but a guess. We're already into it. Yeah, okay. I know, but... <laughs> Well, let's just keep going. We've already started. Happy Black Friday, John. Why? Thank you, sir. I, I, it's sort of a thing up here, but it's it's. I know it's a big thing down there. How many injuries or uh, deaths have resulted as shopping incidents down there so far? I haven't been following. I watch the Black Friday sales only from an amusement perspective, but I prefer to think of this not as Black Friday from a shopping perspective, but as analytic day. Oh, uh, that works. Because that this is the day where we get all sorts of really great models getting built and analytics are just pouring in over all sorts of stuff in the retail space. So that's that's actually funny because I was on a uh, I was on a call um yesterday. It was Wednesday. Wednesday. It was Wednesday. Yeah, and did you catch that we're on a feature freeze from the Power BI team because of Black Friday. They've got so many analytics running on on retail data that need to get finished up. They don't dare roll anything new out until next week. I am pretty sure on, even on Christmas they're still going to be looking to release features, but not on Black Friday. Black Friday and I'm assuming Cyber Monday as well, John, are going to be the two days that there's no way in hell that they're going to touch anything. <laughs> It's pretty funny. So yeah, Analytic Friday, that, that works for me. That works for me. As a result, it's a fairly slow news week, but we did have some news drop at the end of last week. Yeah, right after we recorded. And you have some cool stuff. <laughs> yeah, you have some cool stuff to share as well. Just a couple of So, And in my world, it's been a little bit crazy. We've been uh, dealing with some different things on the family front this week that have uh, caused me to be less focused. So I'm going to rely on your awesomeness to do the <laughs> most of the talking about all this stuff today just because i've been back and forth to doctors and hospitals and all sorts of stuff like that with some family things happening and happily everybody is on the mend and doing well around these parts but it's uh it's been an interesting week and uh, we happily have everybody home for thanksgiving and all as well but uh it has caused a little bit of lack of focus on the bi side for me my Amazing Racker compatriots have picked up slack here and there for me. But on this front, we didn't release our this week's podcast until a little bit late because I forgot to send the stuff to Marco. So we finally got it out today. It was the Black Friday special that we put out for the world. But uh, let's dig in and talk about what the news is. The big news that happened at the end of uh, Friday, literally the end of Friday last week, I'm not sure why they wanted to bury it. It's one of the bigger pieces of news to happen this year is finally we've got external access to Power BI reports. So I, in one tenant, can share with you in another tenant a report. And that is a hallelujah moment. I was asked this question, I was in Europe uh, or at the, uh, at the European uh, SharePoint conference a couple weeks ago during the day-long seminar. I was what everybody wanted to know. I kept, it just kept coming up over and over again. I was like, guys, hold your horses. Pretty sure this is coming. <laughs> Not sure when, but it'll be here soon. And yeah, Friday night, it arrived. So hallelujah. Woo-hoo. 
This is really great stuff. Guest access, as it's referred to, because it does require an Azure B2B config, meaning it has to be somebody who is configured in an Azure Active Directory somewhere. That means you can't just have a federated through Facebook or Google or any of the other SAML 2.0 providers. This actually does have to be properly set up with Azure B2B for guest access, meaning they exist in your Azure tenant now for Azure Active Directory. Now, this does not mean that you have to have a username and password for them. The only thing you have to have is federation through Azure B2B. And what happens is, is that authentication is handled in their tenant. Authorization is handled in your tenant. So you authorize that account rights to certain reports, and that's how it works. Now, the fun part about this, John, is, and we were talking about this just before the show, how does licensing work with this? Because this can get a little bit hairy if you're not careful. Tell me, because I have an E5 license, and John, you have a tenant that that I want to see stuff in. Can I bring my own Power BI Pro license with me when I want to come and take a look at stuff that Tigraph is doing? Yes. that's the first time that that's been the case we haven't had that for a lot of other stuff when it comes to actually authoring things and stuff like that you've always had to you know if you're dealing with sharepoint or other things in our world you always had to be licensed on the tenant that you're going to not just uh, you know with guest access if you're truly a guest as opposed to a collaborator Things are different, and I tend to collaborate with you more than being a guest, but I have a license, so you want to be able to give me access to do things within TIEGRAPH and give you feedback on the cool stuff you guys are doing, but not have to pay for me to actually be able to see the things inside of an Office 365 group. It's a perfect example. Actually, the best example of that would be our bifocal tenant. You've got an identity at at bifocal.show, so do I. Up until recently, the second one, because we only got one Power BI license, was costing <laughs> about 10 bucks a month or something. But recently, the MVP program said, you can now have five E5 licenses, which is great. Woo-hoo. Yeah, but um, that wouldn't even be necessary. So in my MVP tenant, I've got you set up. But technically, I will probably keep doing that just for <laughs> ease of testing and things. But technically, I wouldn't have to do that anymore. I can now invite you from your Himmelstein org. What is that? That's the name of your other tenant, I think. Yeah, that's one of them. <laughs> exactly. You could come in from that tenant and use your pro license here and fully collaborate. It isn't uh, restricted to non-collaboration purposes unless, well, we could get into that, but uh, unless we're using one of those non-collaborative SKUs from dedicated capacity. So talk to me a little bit about that, John, because that's an interesting one. With dedicated capacity, so if I have dedicated capacity in my environment, and that's how I'm using Power BI and actually being able to consume as though I had a pro license and all of that, but you don't have dedicated capacity. Can I use my dedicated capacity in your space? No, you absolutely cannot do that. So what matters in this case, when we're talking about, and it's, it's interesting, we've, we've talked about the licensing, and I don't know if I've, we've, we've changed or we've talked about the new terms that are being used, and I like them. Capacity-based SKUs versus um, shared SKUs. Right, shared SKUs are the pro and the and the shared that we know and love so much, and the the new we call them we call them premium SKUs, right? Before, but it's not true. Premium is just one of the types of dedicated capacity, and dedicated capacity is a place you put your BI assets, your reports, your data sources, etc. 
to be able to, if, if you put your reports in a dedicated capacity, that means you've bought it, you are basically responsible, essentially responsible for the uh, for its operation from a resource consumption standpoint, then anybody you deem appropriate can access the content there. But the issue is where is that stuff stored? So if I'm sharing with you and you do not have a pro license, then I need to put my stuff in my dedicated capacity and you could come in with no dedicated capacity at all. So the question you posed to me was pretty much, it was just the opposite of what I explained. Can you bring your dedicated capacity with you to access my stuff? No. You would still need a pro license to access my stuff in that scenario. But if I had dedicated capacity and I put my report in that dedicated capacity, yes, you could access it. The important thing about this that uh, a lot of people struggle to wrap their head around is dedicated capacity actually exists in Azure. It doesn't exist as a license skew of any kind. It's not that thing. It is actually virtual machines. Yeah. It's virtual machines sitting in Azure. Now, those virtual machines are for all intents and purposes, a part of your estate, a part of your tenant and surrounding space. So you can put things into those spaces and that works really well, but you can't grant space to someone else in another tenant to put stuff into your capacity. You'd have to actually put those reports there and then you own them and you manage them, et cetera. So the two spaces are completely separate. The difference here is with Azure B2B, you exist in your estate. I exist in my estate, but now there's a stub that says, hey, I can grant rights to this account. Once they have authenticated with their tenant, they can come across and they can come and play in my place place. So it's sort of a clash of clans kind of a thing where you can have your little space, I can have my little space, and I can come over and play in yours. I don't know clash of clans. I kind of made that one up. I've seen people play it and I like their commercials, but if I'm not mistaken, they're the they're they're one of the goofy commercials I keep seeing during football games. But you know, it's one of those iPhone games. And you're in an Android now, so I don't know if it works on Android or not, John. But you lost me on at football, actually. So. I'm talking about American football, John. Yeah, you know, real good football. Oh, okay. okay. With the oblong ball. So you guys need four downs, right, to get the touchdown. Is that how it works? You get four downs. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yes, that's correct. Yeah, we only get three. Anyway, (laughs) so the concept here basically being Azure B2B, once you've got things configured, and it's relatively simple to set up now. It was a nightmare at the very beginning to try and get all that configured and working. Today, very, very straightforward and simple to do. So once you've got that working, and there's two ways to take a look at this. In the notes, in the show notes, you will find a link to the blog post. Adam Saxton, who does uh, Guy in a Cube, Really great stuff. He has a six-minute YouTube video that they've put out from the product team on how to do it. There's also a a bit of documentation that's out there as well uh, that you can take a look at and, and understand how it all works. There's a white paper as well. But that's that, that's the basic gist of how this stuff works. It is really huge in our world that this has finally matured to this point because up until now, we haven't been able to share with anybody without creating them an account, which that just, it's costly, it's a pain, and it just wasn't a nice way of doing it. Now we have a proper enterprise way of giving people access to reports that we want them to see. And it's consistent. Well, you... 
well, we had some inconsistent experiences before, right? If you would, uh, if I am in Teams or in SharePoint, right, and I have dropped in a uh, SharePoint web part that's pointing at a report, and I have got external users in my SharePoint site because I can do that there. I've been able to do that for quite some time. I've been able to do it in Teams for a few months now. But any of those external users go to that tab in Teams. Guess what do they see? Big X, because it didn't work. Uh, and it's this is the same mechanism that Teams and SharePoint is using. So uh, theoretically, and I haven't tested it yet, but theoretically, those embedded reports, provided that they're on dedicated capacity or the incoming user has a pro license, should be able to see those reports. That's pretty awesome stuff. You know, the fact that Teams and Power BI are using the same pattern yep. says a lot to me, because all too often we see numerous different patterns, different teams doing things different ways, and it drives me absolutely crazy. I'm not thrilled with the Azure B2B model as it is today. I, I want to see an N plus N schema model for for directories, but that's a story, that's a conversation for another day because I want to make sure we get to other things. And that's, you know, we'll, we'll talk to somebody who uh, can come on the show and talk about directories a little bit more at some point in the future. That's a good idea. And, and, I, will, and I will throw out that Azure B2B thing and the, the requirement to have an Azure identity somewhere, whether it's a paid for or not. I'd, I'd throw the words for now with that because I don't think it's going to be in perpetuity. I agree with you. I don't think it will be. But the Azure B2B model, it is a great interim step today that we have I'm talking about, I'm, I'm, I'm not thrilled with the overall Azure Active Directory world. Uh, there, there are some things that I've, I, I keep talking to the product teams about begging them to consider doing because N plus N directories have to come. Being able to do proper organization of our directory schemas and, and, and of our user bases and things like that. I, there's so many use cases out there. I'm not going to get, I'm, I'm stepping away from the soapbox, John. Don't let me go down this path today, sir, because otherwise we'll, we'll never escape alive. So Paul Schaefline and I had a wonderful two-hour conversation in Chicago recently about this, and we just geeked out. It was awesome, but we'll save that for another day. I was just going to say, only you two guys could have a two-hour conversation about Azure B2B, I'm telling you. <laughs> so, John, you've been, uh, since you got back from Europe, I've seen some of the pictures Looks like you guys had an amazing trip. Looked like the conference went really well. It did. It was it was it was excellent. And I will say SP TechCon went very well on our end as well. Unfortunately, I wasn't there talking about BI, which I get questioned about quite a bit. Why aren't you talking about BI? <laughs> and you know, that's okay. We'll we'll look at next year. The the end of August, they're going to do SP TechCon again. That's good to know. It's good to see uh Stacy Burris is uh is taking the helm. BZ Media is uh has sold the property to uh, Expo DevCon, but Stacy's staying with the conference. So Stacy's a great friend of the show, great great human being, and we're excited to see what she does with it from here. But you know, lots of great stuff came out of that week, including me getting to spend some quality time with my niece in uh, and brother-in-law and sister-in-law and and my aunt and uncle in D.C. But the reason why I bring all of this up is because you, sir, have been home from Europe for about two weeks. And you have come up with a couple of fun tidbits of things that you wanted to share on the show today. So why don't you throw us your first one? I think you're overselling it. <laughs> Just a couple of things I've, I've bumped into since I've been back and, and playing with uh, a few reports uh, for real, not just for demo purposes. I bumped into a situation the other day 
where I had a report and I changed the the data source for that report and did a refresh. Actually, I didn't do a full refresh. So I did a refre- uh, refresh in, in Power Query, said, good enough, I'm going to go ahead and publish this report out to the service and then let the service take care of actually bringing in all of the data. I couldn't get it to work. I could not, it, basically it was asking me for um, for gateway. And I was changing from an on-prem data source. Or, 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 actually, what I had was a, a vestigial anonymous uh, data source from on-prem. It was gone, but it was still acting as if this thing was there. And as it turns out, if you don't do a full refresh on the report side, so you you can load in the data all you want, but you have to go and hit that refresh button in the when you're in the uh, report screen. Once you do that, that will remove um, all of the traces of the old reports. And once I was able to do that and deploy it out to the service, bang, I'm able to do um, I'm able to do refreshes that way. But I thought that was rather interesting. That you know, I did change all of my data connections. Everything was good. I removed them. I literally removed them from the data connection management area in Power Query. But that wasn't good enough. It had you had the data that's cached in the report is essentially tied to its data source. So if you don't update that cached data on the front end, it's going to still think it's connected to those old data sources, which is not something I'd seen before, and it might help somebody at some point. That is very interesting. I see that that could be a problem for people when they think, oh, yeah, I'm going to keep slicing and dicing. When you went to change a visual, it erred on you, didn't it? It would have if I hadn't done that, yeah. But, but well, it, actually, no, it, it probably wouldn't if I'm not changing the data structure at all. I was just changing the data source. So that cached data that was in, in the front end is still there. It's still valid, and I haven't changed the structure any, so that would continue to work. It's it was in this case just a refresh. Had I changed the structure, yeah, but I, it, that would have probably wouldn't have bumped into it because I would have gone ahead and updated it because I wouldn't be able to work with it otherwise. There you go. It does make sense that the model would keep its 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 memory until you tell it go do a full refresh. So I'm I'm kind of glad that that's the case. It's just one of those things that we have to be conscious of. Yeah, that was banging my head against the wall for about half an hour on that one. So. <laughs> The thing I was really excited about that I wanted to hear more from you about, and you told me you'd tell me more on the show, was we used to do some Facebook query stuff as part of our demo data, and I know you were planning on doing that at ESPC, and you said you ran into some quirkiness. Yeah, it was a couple of days before the show. We often do, um, with the full-day seminar, we, we do a fairly comprehensive Power BI desktop demonstration. And up until recently, I've been doing the one where we, where I look at the uh, my blog stats and munge up some WordPress data along with Google Analytics data, et cetera, et cetera. And I thought I'd keep it a little simpler for this one. That's a fairly complicated demo, and uh, we've got a couple in the uh, the stable. I wound up using uh, Twitter Analytics, but a couple of days beforehand, I said, hey, maybe I'll pull out that old Facebook location tracking thing I did back in the PowerView days. And I loaded it up, but because it was using Power Query, so I loaded it all up, loaded it in my Facebook data, and there's no location data anywhere. It turns out that they've changed the API last year, and uh, you can't get there from here, as it turned out. So <laughs> I banged my head against the wall for a little while in the dark in Ireland somewhere, because it was the evening when I was doing it, and it's dark. Couldn't get it to work, and, and fell back on the uh, on the Twitter analysis. But uh, just before you called me today. I got it figured out. So <laughs> I'm not going to update the blog post. We're going to create a new one because the old one was done for Excel and PowerView, et cetera. So I'll do up a new one and, and reference it. But yeah, there's uh, you can get at some of that more complicated Facebook data 
with Power BI, it just requires a few tricks. Gotcha. Well, I have a couple of uh, little tidbits. I want to give a couple of shout-outs first things first. Uh, on American Thanksgiving Day, just to clarify, since you're Mr. Canadian. I'm so past Thanksgiving. That was like two months ago. <laughs> you and I spent a little bit of time working together because it was the first time I'd actually had to sit down and, and play with some stuff that we've been trying to, to get working better. We wanted to update to the latest version of PBIRS for some of our demos for a couple weeks from now. And one of the things that we get as MVPs is some free certificate help from a company called Digicert. Yes. And Digicert, for those of you who don't know, great company. I've been using their certificates for a long time at this point. Their support was so good. They're based out of Utah. I went and asked for a new cert about 11 a.m. on Thanksgiving Day and had it at 11.05. Whoa. That doesn't happen. No, no. Their support was phenomenal. And the second shout-out was to Pluralsight. I, I was trying to take a look at something. We were playing with some Kerberos stuff, and it's been a while since I thought about it. And there was a, a really good tutorial on Pluralsight. And I went to go take a look at it and realized my MVP subscription had expired. I'm like, darn it, I'm not going to be able to look at this today. So I fired off an email, same one I send every year in about October, November timeframe to ask them to renew my subscription because I've forgotten about it. And it's about this time of year that I always go to take a look at stuff. And uh, within about 20 minutes, they had responded, renewed my subscription and everything on Thanksgiving Day. So thank you. Huge shout out to both Digicert and Pluralsight for going above and beyond when it comes to customer service, especially on an American holiday which both companies are based here in the U.S., so thank you to them. That was a really great thing. Those were the two big shout-outs that I had. The other one was to Mr. Todd Clint. For those of you who are in the SharePoint space, you should know that name. Todd's a great guy. He used to be a racker. Last week, uh, it was Saturday morning. I was sitting there working on some of my PowerShell profile stuff and decided, you know what, I need to re-script my PowerShell profile work to go off and pull down a whole bunch of executables from Microsoft to make sure that I can just in, run my PowerShell script, install everything so as I'm building new boxes, which we, you and I were, I can just pull things down and script everything out. And unfortunately, Microsoft hides where its executables are behind a second shield screen when you go to download stuff. And so programmatically, it's a little bit hard to get at. So Todd and I, I pinged Todd and I was like, hey, have you run into this before? Because he's always hacking away on some PowerShell fun. Him and Shane are regularly doing stuff like that. And he said, have you guys run into this? And he looked at it and he went, no, but give me a few minutes. I think I've, I ran into it. I tried to do something. I didn't finish it. I think I have some, some scripts that I've started with this. He and I spent about 12 minutes going back and forth. And before long, between the two of us, we had put it all together. I need to get finished with that new profile script update. But it's a really great way to pull stuff down. And so thank you to Todd for his help on that. And I believe he was going to blog about that. So it's worth checking out if you're a PowerShell person. Outstanding. Outstanding. Well, for a slow news week, John, it looks like we managed to pull together a full episode. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, we do tend to run on. <laughs> 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 ah, I do have one more bit of information to share. This week, uh, episode 559, I believe it is, of Run As Radio, I was Richard Campbell's guest in Las Vegas on his show. So if you go to runasradio.com, I believe is the, is the site, you can go any one of the podcasting. The man has been podcasting. He's one of the godfathers of tech podcasting. 
it was an honor. That's like a real podcast, that one. <laughs> yeah, it was an honor to be on there and chat with him for half an hour. And he it was all about business intelligence. So if you're interested, go take a listen. It was just me, not John. But I think I talked about you a little bit on there, John. So uh, I'm flattered. I am. You can't help yourself if you're going to be on one of these things. You got to talk to Canadians, right? <laughs> This is very true. So, and uh, I did communicate with him for American Thanksgiving, and he said he was just sitting back watching the the hilarity. I believe he was on some island somewhere enjoying uh, some sunshine. So it was good to be on there. I will put that link in the show notes as well. But, John, with that, I think it's time to wrap up. I think you're right. And I'll look forward to talking to you next week, sir. Let's do that, sir. You enjoy your weekend. And I'll see you in Chicago in about Two weeks, a week after this launches. Week and a half. Yep, yep, absolutely right. Yep. See you then. Take care, buddy. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Bifocal Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, or via your favorite podcast app. You can follow us on Twitter at Bifocal Show. The show notes for this and all of the Bifocal Podcasts can be found on the Bifocal.show blog. The music for the Bifocal Podcast is Indie Rock by Scott Holmes and is shared under Creative Commons. 